Welcome back to Adulted Friends. This is the discussion-based podcast where two former childhood acquaintances, now friends, discuss the things that adverb grant. Anthropologically. Anthropologically. The things that anthropologically matter. That's your adverb of the week, anthropologically. Anthropologically. Anthrop- <laughs> anthropologically. <laughs> Josh, ah, so damn it. Anthropologically. <laughs> <laughs> anthropologically. That sounds derpy. You're to say anthropologically. Smart, Josh. It's okay. We all make mistakes. And I'm Aya. And I'm Josh. And I'm Grant. And today we have part two of astronomy versus astrology, or astrology versus astronomy. I forget which one we put first. It's astronomy before. versus astrology. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The important one goes first. Yeah, the important one. Astrology. <laughs> oh, no. Astronomy. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And this is episode fifty-five. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue comparing and contrasting astronomy and astrology. Mm-hmm. I think probably more in this episode we'll get more into uh, the astronomy side of things. Let's hope so, and we'll learn more from Professor Grant. More sciencey stuff from Professor Doctor Grant Vesna. Professor Doctor Doctor Professor. Which goes first, Doctor or Professor? I don't know. I don't think you use them both at the same time. No, <laughs> Dear Fesser. We do. Per, per doctor. Which sounds better, per Doctor or Professor? I like Professor. Professor. Anthropologically. <laughs> Professor. <laughs> so we'll hear more and yeah. we'll learn lots. And Let's uh, jump back into it. Let's just jump it right in. And we're back. Oh, it's so good to be back again. Again. With Dr. Grant Vesna. Professor. It's just fabulous to be here. Ah, so where were we? What were we talking about? Astronomy, astrology. I don't know. It's been a week. How are we supposed to remember, Josh? Quote, unquote, a week. What are you guys drinking? You both have very cool mugs. I'd like to... I mean, I was drinking tea this time, so you wouldn't make fun of me. Oh, actually, no. Your mug isn't cool. I take it back. It's actually a Canada mug. Yeah, I take it back. But you're drinking tea. Why wouldn't I make fun of you for tea? What kind of tea? I'm saying you wouldn't make fun of me for this. Usually you make fun of others. I specifically drank something... I don't make fun. I criticize. I tell you that your giant bottle of Diet Pop is terrible for you. That's what I do. Okay, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> I'm trying to save your life, Josh. I tell you these things because I care. Yeah. Got like a ball of aspartame building in your stomach. But Grant, you had a mug earlier. Do you still have it? I did, but I specifically bought the water oh. so that I wouldn't get criticized. He's listened enough to these to know that you'll criticize what people drink. <laughs> you think I I would not criticize you. I would be like if yeah, if Grant okay. was drinking diet soda, I'd be like <laughs> Or diet pop, yeah. as we like to say. Like, aren't you a dentist? Like, what's yeah. yeah, I'd be like, is it actually not bad for us? Because if Grant's drinking it, and then you'd be like, well, actually, <laughs> if you drink a certain amount and you drink a sip of water three hours afterwards, it doesn't affect your enamel. It actually strengthens your enamel and <laughs> yeah, enhances your GI tract. I, I don't know. Like, it would be some crazy thing. And I'd be like, I guess that's true. But like, I don't think that's sadly it's not. It's no, not true. It's yeah. not. I mean, diet soda tastes like crap anyways. Who needs it? Have you ever heard of the saying that doctors are their own worst patients? Yeah. I don't trust somebody, whatever they do, just because they are a doctor in something. Not saying that I wouldn't trust Grant. No, it's okay. But you can teach something correctly and do something incorrectly. Yeah. Like you can be an astronomer who believes in astrology. <laughs> you could, yes. <laughs> also, we could criticize you for drinking bottled water. We could do that. You could. You could do that. I won't. I don't care. Well, I mean, I... I care a little, but I don't care. Like I yeah. now I feel See, like people are gonna be like, you don't care about bottled water. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. In Ontario, I always drank 
tap water. Oh. And then I came to Florida and I was doing the same thing and people looked at me like an alien. Oh, <laughs> is it not clean enough to drink, really? It's truly the same thing in LA to some degree. Really? Yeah. Oh. Although better than Florida, probably. American water systems are not as good as what we have in oh. Ontario. We're not next to Great Lakes. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, what are you guys drinking? Yeah. That were yeah. formed by the position of the stars at different times. Segway. Well, kind of, yes. Yeah. yeah, what are you guys drinking? Like, where's your water coming from? Okay, we have to answer what we're drinking, or I, I can't, like, <laughs> okay. mentally Bye. Yeah, can you it. just answer my question? You had a mug I drank earlier. Tea. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. See? I said that already. What is on your mug? There's something on there. It's the Star Trek symbol. <laughs> oh, see? This was yeah. related. Okay, Josh, don't worry. And what is in your mug? Coffee. Okay. With no sugar in it. Good for you. Because sugar is bad. Sugar is bad. For your teeth, which Grant works on. And for your body. And for your mind. <laughs> By the way, you're the second. Actually, that's not true. Daniel Botner is a dentist. His brother's an orthodontist. But you're the first orthodontist, I guess, we have on. <laughs> that's so specific. I just realized, I thought we were going to say we had two orthodontists on. But mm. we had a dentist on, we have an orthodontist. And you guys are not the okay. same thing. <laughs> Do you get offended if people call you a dentist or vice versa? No, because... Like, you're also you're a dentist. You're a specific type of dentist. I okay. was a dentist. Yeah. I just specialize. I don't fill teeth anymore. Right. I just move them around. Now, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when I wanted to get a American dental license, I had to go back after two years of just moving teeth and find some people that had the right type of cavity <laughs> and get them to show up at 5 a.m. to a different city oh. and do those cavities <laughs> on people Why? to get the license. Oh, wow. Oh. And it's like, is that ethical like, yeah. to have an examination system that way? <laughs> Did you give it... Yeah. You're probably giving some but your friends a lot of soda, like a lot of sugary <laughs> yeah. soda so that they yeah. get cavities. So that and you're you like, can... drink it on this side, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Drink it specifically here. <laughs> so you have some work. No, I get you your license. <laughs> you probably gave them free work. They're probably so happy. That explains it. I paid them to go there to make sure they showed well, up. No. That's otherwise... amazing. I have to pay to get my cavities yeah. filled. Yeah. So yeah. if they don't show up, you lose your examination fee. Oh, yikes. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's awful. Mm -hmm. So they changed the system like a couple years ago, but it was like kind of weird i will say similar to daniel botner though yeah both of you have fathers who are you came from a lineage of dentistry yeah that's true yeah i think that's a thing i don't know a lot of the dentists i know it runs in the family yeah and daniel's brother i think is an mm -hmm. orthodontist too i was just saying that i think maybe your headset had disconnected or something it in that did moment. yeah oh. his yeah. brother's an orthodontist his sister's a dentist his dad's a dentist the whole family yeah see i'm an only child so i don't have any uh siblings but your wife is an orthodontist oh, <laughs> yes <laughs> that's perfect so yeah astronomy versus astrology <laughs> by the way we've covered what have we covered so far basically so yeah. what are the impacts on society yeah. and the individual we basically answered that with your second thing oh grant has something to say can i yeah. we were talking about the great lakes for a second oh yeah because of our wonderful water mm -hmm. in ontario that tastes so good it does but those were partially carved out by the ice sheets in the ice ages oh. and the ice ages were essentially determined by the changes in the Earth's orbital parameters, which I think it was a Serbian guy named Milutin Milankovic figured out, called them the Milankovic cycles. And you chart it out how much sunlight ends up in the Northern Hemisphere, and you get pretty much an exact map of what the average temperature was, and then the ice sheets. So they come down, cool. carve out these basins, and then we get our wonderful Great Lakes around Ontario. Wow. So you just connected what you're drinking to our larger <laughs> yeah. topic. Yeah. Yeah. That's very impressive. Yeah, <laughs> That's great.
Grant, you know, I think there was, maybe you recall this because Aya always makes fun of me, but you've watched Stargate. I don't make fun of you. I just what? say, I you just don't say, make fun of me. I mean, I do make fun of you, but not for that. <laughs> I just, I think I just, I just like to make jokes because you get really like annoyed very easily about it. So I think I, it's just, it's so easy. I'm triggered by everyone having made fun yeah. of me for something that I love. Exactly. Like you expect me to make fun of you for it more than I actually do make fun Maybe of you. Maybe I'm wrong in that regard. I apologize if I am. I but Grant, you also have watched and you like Stargate, correct? I have watched and yes, I like Stargate. But do you recall there was an episode, I believe, of Stargate Atlantis? Okay. It was the spinoff Stargate the show. Spin-off. Yeah. Five seasons. Yeah. And there was an episode where he accidentally like got flung into the future, far into the future, okay. in the same place on the same planet they were on, but far, far into the future. And the whole planet was close to, I think, like burning up, yeah. basically. Yeah. I think this is kind of what you were talking about as well. There's enough shift in the stars and its positioning in space that suddenly the world became uninhabitable. So it's actually a different mechanism. Okay. The ice ages are just like the Earth's orbit stretches into a oval and then comes back to a circle and the axis. I see. So that goes back and forth. Right. The axis rotates around. So maybe the northern hemisphere gets its summer when the Earth is further from the sun or closer to the sun. That creates these ice ages for the last few million years. And we are still in an ice age right now. There's ice sheets in Greenland and Antarctica. And for most of geologic history, there are no ice sheets whatsoever. There were even alligators in the Arctic islands of Canada at one point. So things change pretty crazy over time. But what you're referring to with this episode is essentially the ultimate fate of the Earth is that the sun gets brighter over time. And it's fairly predictable. It's about 10% every billion years, Mm. which also kind of makes it remarkable. Okay, if the Earth formed 4.5 billion years ago, the sun was way dimmer, like 40%. And yet there was still liquid water on its surface for all this time for life to evolve. So probably biologic processes have changed the atmosphere and helped moderate the changes in the Earth's climate. Well, we know that to be the case that we can affect the climate, right? As we're seeing with climate change. Right. Yeah, so there's the great oxidation event where photosynthesis developed en masse and changed carbon dioxide into oxygen. And that carbon dioxide was a greenhouse gas that made the oceans liquid at a time when the sun was much dimmer. This is like 2.1 billion years ago. And so then that created a snowball earth, like the whole thing just froze for tens of millions of years until volcanoes broke through and created more carbon dioxide to raise the temperature up. But eventually, the amount of sunlight coming in is going to get bigger. So a billion years from now, it's going to be 10% brighter. And, you know, you're going to reach a summer is really going to suck. Yeah, yeah, a point that feedback processes can't compensate. Mm -hmm. And so the oceans will evaporate, and it'll be one giant desert. And that will be the end of life on Earth. Oh, but not anytime soon. Sounds fun. I mean, not because of that. There's lots of things that can end life on Earth before that, right? Right. (laughs) It's really tough to kill all life on Earth. Have you tried? It might shift. It might change. (laughs) Like, there's been lots of mass extinctions. Yeah. Like, you can wipe out 98% of, well, maybe not 98, but 95% of species, and stuff still comes back. Like, as long as something survives, we're weeds. Something's going to (laughs) come back to fill those niches until the temperatures are just out of control that, you know, life can't adapt. Right. What do you think will survive the next catastrophe, Grant? Oh, Grant will. (laughs) What did he say? I mean, there's so many other variables by that point. Like what's already in existence at that time. I guess it depends on what it is. Yeah. Right. I think the dodo birds will come back and survive. (laughs) Yeah. 
Okay, I have an answer. Okay, it yeah. took me a moment, but that's okay. Yeah, you're allowed to think. It's going to be small life forms. So, like mammals survived the extinction of the dinosaurs, and birds are dinosaurs, and they survived. So it was like little mouse-like creatures and little birds that didn't need much food to get by because you know you had a meteoritic winter for a thousand years after the asteroid crashed into the Yucatan. Anything that was bigger than that couldn't live. So if something disrupts the food chain, then you know you're gonna have to be small so that you don't need that much energy to live through it. Okay. That's an amazing answer. That God damn great. it. Yeah. So the small <laughs> things. So it's good yeah. to be small. Yeah. Yeah. But not small people, like just smaller beings, you're saying like mice. And well I'm sure that has advantages too. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Thank you for your thoughtful answer. Okay. Josh, I know you want to talk. You know, speaking of the future of astronomy, yeah. I think we've had some new developments recently. Aside from that image, I think we saw on Mars of what looked like a bear. I mean, just like the landscape. Yeah. There was like a funny image that looked like a bear's face. Oh, yeah. That was groundbreaking. Oh, like a Loch Ness monster situation. It changed everything. Yeah, it changed it. Yeah. Obviously, that's that's just funny yeah. and cute. But the James Webb telescope is a pretty big new. Yeah. Well, the telescope itself, I don't know, is that the advancement or what it's managed to do is the big advancement? Well, both. I mean, the Earth's atmosphere is relatively transparent in visible wavelengths of light that our eyes can see. And that's probably why our eyes see in those wavelengths is because you get lots of sunlight coming through that window of transparency in the atmosphere. Once you get into the infrared, the atmosphere becomes quite opaque. So Earth-based observatories can't do infrared astronomy. So the James Webb Telescope uses enormous mirrors that unfolded in space and cryogenically cooled sensors to look at light in extreme infrared wavelengths. And that's important. Something the Hubble telescope couldn't do, right? Right, because the Hubble telescope was in low Earth orbit, and you actually have a lot of heat radiating from the Earth that would heat the telescope up so that it can't maintain ultra-cold temperatures. So James Webb is much further away, like it's further away than the moon, I think. I think it's 1.5 million miles away, whereas the moon is like 260,000 miles. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's really far out there. So it can be ultra cold and then look at extreme infrared wavelengths. And those are important because when you get to cosmological distances, there's your adverb coming back. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Actually, cosmological is an adjective. Well, I don't have a PhD in English, so... <laughs> 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 anyway, space is expanding between galaxies and it stretches out the light that came from those very distant places. So if you stretch out the wavelengths, they get redder. So what might have been, you know, white light from a star has been stretched out into very far infrared. And so you need a special instrument that's not on Earth to be able to see it. And so it lets us see really far back in time towards the Big Bang. And it's really important to point out what that means when you say really far back in time. Yes. Because a lot of people don't understand this concept. We're not just looking, we're looking at such far distances and we're talking about light years away, right? Yeah. People I think people know. People know about that, don't they? Some people do, but not everybody does. But light travel, you know, because light has to travel as well. That means something could have died. A whole planet could be dead or a star could be dead mm -hmm. far, far away. 
but its light is only just getting to us now. Right. Meaning we're looking into the past, basically. Yeah. So the galaxy is 100,000 light years across. So if you looked at a star at the other side of our galaxy, that's what it was 100,000 years ago, which in the scheme of geologic timescales isn't very much. Like there were anatomically modern humans at that time. But if you look at the nearest... Why didn't they just write it down so we'd know about it now? I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, let me ask you, when did the first writing systems develop? Oh, no, I can't remember any years ever, okay. but I know it's, isn't it Sumer Sumerian? Sumerian? Something? Yeah. yeah. Like on the, the little scritchy scratches on the tablet. The scritchy scratches. I think that's the scientific term. Scritchy I'm really scratches. bad at years. Maybe 10,000. Cuneiform. 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 Oh, is it cuneiform? Is that how it's? pronounced i always thought it was cuneiform because i've never actually heard it said out loud that's a good question because it's one of those words that i learned from a book so i'm exactly. not certain i've heard it as cuneiform as well i've but... heard cuneiform mm. or i've read cuneiform i don't know actually let's look this up yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know what year i'm the worst at years but that's the first writing system mm. do, 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 do. in the oxford english dictionary both are acceptable oh <laughs> so we were all right look at that because everybody's that's the best way isn't even it? the oxford english dictionary is reading yeah. from a book they're like i've never heard anyone say it i'm just gonna write it as both both are fine <laughs> <laughs> so that was the original for that yeah, the James Webb Telescope is amazing yeah. and it's sending us incredible, incredible images. And as you said, like a lot of them are from the distant, distant past Yes, that are just getting to us now. These structures just in the universe that we're capturing are beautiful and to me kind of scary, scary beautiful. Yeah, it's just kind of the epicness of their size, their distance away, and you know how it dwarfs us. Yeah, obviously, the more we find out about the greater universe, the more we'll learn about ourselves, which I think is really, really cool. The cool thing is that you can look that far away, and there's a general principle that wherever you are shouldn't be considered special. Like we're probably in a relatively average area of the universe. So when you look out at a galaxy that is, you know, very close to the Big Bang in time, you're getting an idea of how galaxies form everywhere. And so when we look at 13 billion year old galaxy, 12 billion, you know, 11 billion, depend on these different distances, we can see how galaxies developed and coalesced out of, mm. you know, the gases of hydrogen and helium that were just around in the earliest universe. So question, is the universe infinite? What's the theories on that? That is one of those things that is very, it's practically untestable. So that's unfalsifiable? So like, or, can't right. you just throw yeah. a rock and see if it <laughs> like hits something eventually? Or like what? it basically, are we in a big yes. bubble that is expanding? Or are we in, what is the structure? Josh, what kind of questions are you asking him? <laughs> just the, just the is... simple just simple questions. We have them here. No, no it's, <laughs> it's, it's an Tell us about the nature of the universe. <laughs> because we should yeah. be able to figure that out if we yeah. estimate, right, that we started from a speck, uh, you know, one singular area that's expanded from the Big Bang. Right. From atoms colliding or whatever it is, right? <laughs> no. Josh. Um, no, I have no idea. Well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's the answer, Grant? <laughs> so the short answer is we don't know. But it's very large and much larger than the universe that we can see, most likely. So we can see to what's called the cosmological event horizon. And that's where you get, you're looking so far away that the light has taken so long to get here that we're now looking at like 13 plus billion years ago. Once you start to get within really close to the time period of the Big Bang, space was not transparent. I forget the exact time frame. But there was essentially ionized 
plasma all through space of hydrogen and helium, and light couldn't go very far. Oh, and it's been stretched out. Right. So at that great distance, there was a point where things stretched out and stuff was no longer a plasma and space became transparent. So with a telescope, you can't see any further than where space became transparent. And that is something like a few hundred million years after the Big Bang. What's on the other side of space? So we'll never know? Well, no, <laughs> because one study measured how flat the universe is. Like if we think the sun bends space-time, like there's a curvature to space on that scale. So they said, okay, well, if we look at these galaxies across the visible universe, is there any curvature to that space? And within the margin of error, which was pretty small, space was flat. And that suggests that there's not any like positive or negative curvature to the universe. And it suggests that the universe is far larger than the visible universe that we can see. Right. So because of the stretching of space, we can actually see about 46 billion light years. And the total thing is somewhere around 92 or 93 billion light years across that you can see, even though the Big Bang was 13 billion years ago, the space got stretched in the time in between. So it has to be probably hundreds of thousands of times bigger than the little bubble that we can see in order for any curvature to space-time to be invisible to us. Isn't it theoretically possible that we can curve space-time and create a wormhole then to more easily travel between? So the problem with wormholes and like warp drives, like there's this uh, Mexican physicist called Mikel Alcubierre who came up with the Alcubierre warp drive. All of these things to break the speed limit of the speed of light require negative mass. Mm -hmm. And we've never seen anything to indicate that negative mass is possible. Dark matter can't be, has nothing to do with that? Dark matter has positive mass. Okay, It doesn't interact with normal matter in any way other than gravitation, but it still has positive mass. Ah. So probably the speed limit of the speed of light is a hard speed limit that can't be broken. Huh. Well, you wouldn't be breaking the speed limit per se. You'd be breaking the universe to get around the speed yeah. limit. Yeah, you'd be playing a trick. If you were to build a wormhole. Yeah. In every movie that talks about wormholes, they always do the exact same thing, right? Somebody takes a piece of paper with a circle on it, right? Yeah. And then they fold the paper in half and then they pierce, you know, there's like a dot they draw on it, right? And then they pierce a pencil through both ends of the paper. Yeah. And like, haha, we've now bent space time and we've folded it on itself. And this is how you get from point A to point B, the shortcut, basically. Yeah. You notice they always show it in the same way, right? With that pencil through the paper. Yeah. Sometimes it's a pen. I haven't analyzed how wormholes are represented in every movie, but I have a question. <laughs> Which is better, Stargate or Futurama? Have you seen both? Of course, I've seen both. Yeah. Because Futurama also has like its own little weird thing on yeah. how they travel faster than the speed of light and it's like they use dark matter in their engines and it makes the whole universe move around instead of the actual ship which makes no <laughs> sense but it's funny and yeah. they are smart people who wrote a show anyways yes your answer to that well you know my <laughs> wife and i do watch quite a bit of futurama we, yes we like that show futurama it's for the win pretty good that's not what he said but he i said... also love stargate oh. so <laughs> I... oh, okay 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 but your wife uh, likes futurama better oh yeah yeah oh there we go so I... What do you like better, Grant? 
I'm avoiding the question. Oh, Man, what do you like better? <laughs> Wait, why? Why? It's fine. I'll still be friends with you if, if you say Stargate. And Josh yeah. will still be friends with you if you say Futurama. We'll see. Yeah, I think Futurama. Yes. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, I yeah. win. Oh, by the way, I like uh -huh. Futurama. Futurama is a good show, Gosh, but it yes. doesn't give me the warm, fuzzy feeling that Stargate does. Oh, but that's okay, Grant. It's okay. Yeah. It's subjective. I will tell you one thing. I like Stargate's theme music better than mm. Futurama. That's fair. You're all about that theme music. Oh, yeah. I love like... I should watch Stargate. Yeah. I've, I've heard good things. Grant watched Game of Thrones because I introduced him to the theme music first. I the remember. music's good. Yeah. 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 You know what? Theme music kind of like it brings you into the the show. I get it. Yeah. I think that's it's an important part. Fringe. You know the theme music for Fringe? Uh, I don't even know what that is. JJ Abrams wrote that. Did he? Himself. Oh. Yeah. Okay, that's that's the most impressive thing he's ever done. And he's done some impressive things. Yeah, it's really <laughs> it's great good. theme music. Okay. By the way, speaking of time dilation, because I'm actually using we haven't actually used that phrase time dilation, but related to what we're talking about, I've incorporated that as well in the show that I'm writing mm -hmm. long distance. And there's that idea that the closer you get to the speed of light, there's an element of time dilation going on. So I think the movie Interstellar focused on this, right? I think so. Yeah. Maybe you can do a better job of explaining this than me, even though I'm literally writing it into my show. But basically in my series, I plan to have a character who's been traveling, not the speed of light, but close enough to the speed of light so much throughout his life that his family, like for example, he has a brother who is younger than him is now older than him mm -hmm. because they're aging at different rates when you're moving that fast. Yeah. Do you mind explaining that a little bit, what that means, this idea of time dilation? It's such a, you know, easy question to throw at me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, time dilation is actually pretty straightforward. Yeah, just explain no, no. this like really complicated thing to us quickly in the Wait, that's actually an easier question if I understand yeah. it than the last one I threw at you. The Futurama versus, oh no. No, no, not counting that the one. The size of the universe. And, right, and, right. Know. No. So time dilation is created when you get very close to the speed of light, or if you get very close to an extremely large mass, essentially space is being distorted in a similar way, whether you're going very fast or you're close to something like a black hole. Any type of gravitational field will have an effect on the passage of time. So there are GPS satellites in orbit that have atomic clocks in them. And they have to adjust for the different rate of the passage of time at the altitude that those satellites orbit as compared to on the ground. Because here, it's a little bit slower because we're in a gravitational well, the Earth's gravitational well. But the Earth's gravity is not that strong in the scheme of things. And we're also not going very fast relative to the speed of light. So the difference is in like, I would guess, microseconds per year. It's big enough that you have to adjust it with an atomic clock, but it's not that big. So if I dug a hole like really far down and lived there for a while, would my clock be off by a few seconds? Yes. Yeah. You'd be younger than what you would be otherwise. Oh, the true fountain of you. Exactly. Digging a giant <laughs> a hole into the world. Yeah, people don't <laughs> actually realize that yeah. time is not a constant. In that sense. Well, not, not in a constant, it's yeah. not the right Why word. Why do you assume that people don't know things, Josh? I'm not talking about yeah. you. Everybody knows that time is relative, right? Yeah. <laughs> time is relative. That time is not like a, a fact everywhere around the world or anything like that. No, not around no. the world, around the universe. Yeah. Well, in that Buzz Lightyear movie, they have time dilation. Yeah, that Buzz Lightyear movie that just came out. Like he does this thing and then every time, every four years or something, he's like... That's exactly... He just does one trip and everybody's aged four years. I actually yeah. really liked that movie. It was that animated it was Buzz Lightyear film. Lightyear. Yeah. 
Pixar yeah, for the win. Yeah. They actually did yeah. a pretty yeah. decent job, I think, of explaining at a basic level the concept of time dilation. Yeah. And like, if you want to have a really big effect, you have to be going over 90% of light speed. And for it to be significant enough that you would live far longer than a human lifespan, you'd have to be going like 99.5% the speed of light. Right. So you have to spend enormous amounts of energy to get up to those kinds of speeds. Okay. Right. It's just crazy to me. If you happen to be doing that within close proximity to somebody who's not doing that, mm -hmm. if you're going that fast, they will age faster than you. Yeah. By moving that fast, you're slowing down your time. Yeah. That's craziness, right? It's pretty sweet. We should try it. <laughs> we, <laughs> we should all try that sometime. Shave a few yeah. years off. I think we should. Yeah. Let's shave a few years off of this podcast episode. Well, I have a kind of final question then. Okay. For me this time, is it about the it's for everybody. universe? Oh. Actually, all these questions were for you too, Aya. You could have no. answered it any time. <laughs> no, they weren't. Let's, uh, I, no, they weren't. It's okay. This one I think you can answer. Any of us can answer, but we touched on it earlier. But do you think there's any merit to believing in astrology or having that belief system? We're calling it a belief system, right? Because I think we're all in agreement that it's not mm. based scientifically as it's being used generally today. I think that's the kind way of putting it. Is there any merit to it? Is it stupid for all these people who believe in it to believe in it? Like, what's the general consensus here? Is there any merit whatsoever to having this as a belief system in your life? I think it's like any other thing that has no, like, real basis in it, as long as people are doing it in kind of a harmless way. So, like, when I go to my yoga classes, they give us these little... They're called like um, some kind of cards that they give you and they say something stupid like tarot cards. Uh, they're not tarot cards, but they're kind of like that. It'll be like they say stupid stuff like come into contact with nature because you something it gives you some like woo woo kind of thing. But it <laughs> okay. I'm not explaining it right. I need to find an example. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, you take yoga, but you don't believe in astrology. I know. Actually, a bunch of them were like talking about homeopathy afterwards. And I was like, I don't know, some lady was talking about positive vibrations. And I was like, I can't with you people. Like, I just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you prefer negative this. vibrations, Aya? I prefer negative vibrations. Exactly. <laughs> Who doesn't want positive vibrations? And my negative vibrations were probably like felt by all of them. Um, let me just see the name of these things. Sorry. Is you're looking up the name of that, by the way? Yeah. Fortune cookies. Those are yeah. real. Of course. Yes. <laughs> that I trust in. Oh okay. God. That definitely doesn't follow the P.T. Barnum effect. Yeah. That's funny. I don't like to get fortune cookies because I'm like afraid of if they'll say bad things. <laughs> because it still makes you feel bad even though <laughs> yes, it, it makes me feel bad. Even though somebody <laughs> in a basement is like writing them and getting paid less than minimum yeah. wage. Yeah. <laughs> Once in a while you get a fortune cookie and you're like, this is just mean. Like somebody was having a bad day right. when they wrote this. Right. Yeah. Oh, they're like Oracle cards. That's it. Oracle, Oracle cards. cards. Yeah. So let me. Like from the like... Matrix, the Oracle. Exactly, exactly like the Oracle. So it'll say something like, just say yes for this one. And it's just like, if you had something in your head that you were hoping for something specific to tell you that the universe is telling you to do something, then I mean, just say yes is a stupid one. But like, they're all kind of stupid. But it's like, let's say someone has some bit of a feeling. And then along comes a horoscope telling them, you should go ahead and do that thing you've been putting off. And they're like, I should. That's the universe telling you. It's the universe telling me. So like, I feel like things like that help people sometimes to it's like do the things that they already wanted to do. Overall, they're very stupid and pointless. But <laughs> Wait, the people or oh. the belief system? Uh, no. The, oh, no, uh, don't call the people. <laughs> no. Josh. I know some smart people. Other that. No, you know, that's that... true. You know what? If someone's getting something out of it and it's not doing them any harm, 
like they're not basing their relationships off this they're not like ignoring someone that they otherwise think is great for them because they are a capricorn or whatever as long as it's not affecting their lives negatively i don't know like it's okay yeah but... it's weirdly one of those things that's like relatively harmless but also triggers me the most i think because we were talking about it being so easily provably false i think that's because of la yeah i think it's because you surrounded by people who believe in it because like i don't i don't have strong i think it's dumb but i don't really care sorry and grant what do you think i went yeah. on for a while about oracle cards no oracle cards it's where's that i don't think it's a problem i think you know people want to entertain themselves that way and read their horoscope in the paper like i'm not yeah. gonna judge anybody for it wait you're not in your head you're not gonna judge at all even like a little bit see like i judge people more for not flossing than the <laughs> oh damn it do you floss josh I, you don't seem like a flosser to me yeah you need, like I a do. set schedule to be a consistent flosser i've been exactly. inconsistent okay but there have been times i've been more consistent all right mm-hmm if I know I'm going to the dentist. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's we can tell, you know. Yeah. Like you floss for one day. We can see that. I don't have hardly any cavities, if that makes a difference. Well, fluoride in the water. But anyway. That's <laughs> all that diet soda. So you think it's relatively harmless? I think it's relatively. I agree yeah. with that. I think that's a good, if it's entertaining for people, then yeah. what's the harm? Yeah. But entertainment is different, right? But having it as a belief system, yeah. I know people who don't believe in it, but they find it entertaining, right? That's a yeah. that's a bit different. I go a little bit into that category. Sometimes it's like, yeah, read my, my horoscope. I don't care. Like it's fun, like we're doing it's now. Fine. We're finding it entertaining, right? As we talk yeah. about it right we're now. making fun of it and finding that entertaining. But yes, yeah. <laughs> we're finding, making light of people's beliefs. Yeah. There's like a fun, fuzzy feeling to being like, hey, I'm a Capricorn. Yeah. Like, oh, I know what I am. And it's kind of, you can fit yourself in a box. I think if I didn't hate Capricorn so much. Yeah. Like, I like the Chinese astrology. Like, if, oh, right. Because we're like dragons and that. So, like, Eastern and astrology a... and Western astrology. Yeah. So, like, in Eastern astrology, I'm like, yeah, I'm a dragon. That's awesome. I'm a dragon too. I'll take it. What are you, Grant? But like a Capricorn? Lame. He's a snake. You a snake? Am I? I have... How could he not know, know this? Have you never gone to a Chinese restaurant? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All the time, actually. But no, yeah, because 1989. I mean, I like being a dragon. 1989 is a snake, except that we're born in January. So it's 1988. Uh, it's based Chinese. on year rather than. Okay. I wondered why we were different. Exactly. Okay. Right. So that's a year based thing. It's a little different. You know, I have a friend. I remember telling him how I thought astrology was like ridiculous. And he's like, oh, my God, Western astrology, it's so dumb. And he was going over why and how the things shifted and changed. And I'm like, right. And he's like, Eastern astrology, that's where it's at. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's like, yeah, yeah, that's the legit one. Everyone else has it wrong. This is the right thing. And I'm like, uh-uh. And then I couldn't continue speaking the way that I was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of still think about the Western astrology stuff for all these people that put so much stock into it. Like, how can you just accept oh, well, the sun wasn't actually there, but we just decided to not account for the Earth's axis processing. And like, why wouldn't you want to know where the sun actually was in the constellations? Because it's a feeling. It just feels right what they've already based it on. Yeah. And there's got to be a reason. Now they have to work backwards and justify that feeling. Yeah. Otherwise, they'd have something that we've talked about before called cognitive dissonance. And people don't like that feeling. It's very uncomfortable. Yes. So to avoid cognitive dissonance, they go along with this feeling that they have, this comfortable feeling that they, you know, fit neatly in this box. And we can yes. categorize everybody in this box and it helps explain the universe and explain our place in it. Mm. It's part of, you know, being able to think, oh, the universe has a purpose for us and everything is ordered and structured in this way. 
It is. It's like a religious belief system, right? Sure. I guess in that way, it's very, Fine. it's useful because it's comforting. I feel like Grant didn't agree with you on this one. He, oh, you don't sure agree? was not convincing, Grant. Well, what part don't you agree with? Uh, no, I agree. It's fine. It's oh, okay. Fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. You were just like, sure. Maybe, okay. <laughs> I was just answering it on my own yeah, part yeah. that I think it's okay. useful for comfort. It's useful for making people feel that sense of place and comfort. And if that helps you, I guess, in a way that, you know, you be happier in life, I guess that's called blissful ignorance in my opinion, but bliss is bliss. Yeah. So, and if it helps you in a creative sense, like you, for some reason, come up with really good music because you have this belief system, I don't know, that's really subjective, I guess. And that's very personal. But to me, the reason I go off about it so much is having belief systems that you strongly believe in like this that aren't based in science. They're nice when things work out and it makes sense to you, but then your belief systems, when they're not based in science, can actively hurt you. Yes. And you believe in something and you make decisions based on it and you predict the future based on it and things don't work with that belief system because it's not scientific. So bad things can happen and you have to find other reasons that those bad things happen instead of the real answer is that it, it doesn't make sense. You should stop making choices in accordance with a belief system that is false. Mm. Just statistically, you're going to be wrong most of the time. You'll get the guessing average, as they say. That's a strong, yeah, that's a good argument to end on. I, I don't know. Yeah. I like it. No, no. I, <laughs> I can't tell with Grant's face if you, I care a lot, Grant, about what you, uh, <laughs> whether or not you agree with what I'm saying. Was I right or wrong, Professor? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a 95. Oh, shit. Where's the other 5%, as my mom would always say? <laughs> doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. All right. All right. Oh, any final thoughts? I think we covered it. Yeah. I think we covered the universe, basically. We covered the universe. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much more, obviously, we could talk about. But I think it was a fun science versus pseudoscience kind of discussion. Yeah. I enjoyed it, Josh. Thank you. Yeah. And it was amazing having you on, of course, Grant. And, yeah, and being able it was nice to, to see uh, you. Nice to see you as well. And it's been long enough, I know. But finally, I have enough time on my hands that I felt able to do it. Yeah, that's fair. It's kind of a big time commitment. When you're not professoring and spending time in people's mouths. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a lot of hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully it's not the last time we'll have you on either. I mean, obviously we can talk to you about literally anything and you have something to teach us. I would love to come back whenever, Aww, uh, whenever I can. Yeah. You can pick our it's next It's got to be a good topic. You can pick it. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll start thinking. Yeah, you think. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us and being here and bringing up amazing memories and teaching us valuable lessons. <laughs> very valuable <laughs> us and our listeners we're already great friends i'm hoping to see you yeah. soon i hope you'll come visit soon you can always come visit me too yeah i know but i'm poor like really poor <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should go to the dentist school not it's teaching us film school. i need another clinical trial or maybe i can come visit you <laughs> well thank you for having me on i enjoyed it very much and it's good to catch up with the both of you and thank you for doing this podcast it's very mm. uh entertaining oh, to me nice it means a lot coming from you yeah did i get to thank? did i thank you yet i want i wanted to thank you too i meant to do that before thanks thanks grant it was great <laughs> i did say i did thank him i, meant I don't to do know it before. i'm all thanks, discombobulated grant. god damn it Josh. Okay, yes no <laughs> yeah. no i don't think you did like i want to i don't more. think i did okay yeah. no she was chastising me she's like josh you need to thank grant but then she herself <laughs> Right. <laughs> thank you okay, for coming on. Grant. I guess she's not thankful. I would like to thank you for teaching us things about, I thought I did. Maybe I just did it in my head. I was like, oh, I'm so thankful. Okay. 
I out loud also am very thankful for all that you've taught us, Grant, and for coming on and making the time yeah. to um talk to us about things. And you guys don't... And I don't see you, so it's very... You're not nice. as in touch as Grant and I I haven't seen Grant in like 10 years, minimum. 10 years, Oh, you least. know what? Yeah. Probably more. Probably yeah. more. Because I think I may have run into you sometimes in like undergrad, but that was about it. Yeah. I think like... Wow. Yeah. More like 15 or something. Yeah. You look exactly yeah. the same, by the way. You have not aged. <laughs> well, thank you. It must have been a time dilation. It's a time dilation situation. Yeah. Situation. Because Grant has actually been moving a lot faster than us. Mm. Did you dig a hole to the center of the earth? No, he's been moving been closer to the there? speed of light. Is that where he, dental school is? Oh, he lives in Florida. So, you know, he's been moving closer <laughs> right. to the speed of light than us. That makes sense somehow. Right, 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 right. Yeah, absolutely. That's, well, no, yeah. but thank you for real. Thanks. My for, pleasure. It's nice yeah. to see you. It is actually legitimately nice to see you. It's been a long time. And we used to be friends a long time ago. We absolutely. Were. Friends. There's a song. That's yeah. <laughs> That's well, part of why we do this, of course, is that, you know, it's good for connecting and reconnecting. Yeah. So. Yeah. so now we're friends again. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. Or we're still friends. We were just like very quiet friends. Right. For 15 Years. Yeah, like we're both kind of reserved people. That's actually whereas yeah. like Josh is yeah, you know, the opposite. So Josh is like a connector. That's like, true. He's a connector. Whereas introverts, you know, yeah, wander <laughs> on like, our way. I'm good over here. Yeah. 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 I'm good. That's true. Okay. <laughs> it's so fun. All I right. can see the character in a movie that I am. And I know <laughs> part of me wishes I'm not that guy because that's such a character. Yeah. But uh, I'll take it. No, well, you I'll... bring people together. Yeah. Look, Josh. I'll you're... take it. No, no. I, I, I do friendship. believe in that. Yeah. You help friendship emerge where it has lain dormant. Yeah. Got to fertilize those friendships. No, I just thought of something. Yeah. Oh. I had to like act not an introvert for five years when I was like this professor of orthodontics. <laughs> it was actually a really big thing. I'm like, oh, wow, I have to be outgoing and talk to people all the time. And so I put on this show, like, it was great. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, for the record, introverts yeah. can be outgoing. You just need to recharge. Yeah. We've talked about this yeah. before. Right. In literally okay. episode two, yeah. introvert v. extrovert, I think. Have you our... listened to that one yet? You probably I didn't. Sure. I didn't watch that one. That's yet, old. Maybe, I mean, that's old. That's when our, yeah. even our audio devices were worse and everything. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Grant. My pleasure. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Talk to you again soon. Yeah. This has been another episode of Adulthood Friends. Thank you for joining us. And uh, if you'd like to follow us, we have a Facebook page. If you want, also follow us on whatever listening platform you're on. We're on all of them. We're on all of them. All of the platforms. Yeah. So that's that. I think that's all. (laughs) She always sounds so uh, enthusiastic when she talks about listening. I mean, it's amazing because we, it's literally, it's on everything. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Spotify. Audible. We're on Audible. Audible. That's a new one. Amazon Music. But which one has the best bit rate? (laughs) I do not know. That is a question you would ask. Yeah. (laughs) Best bit rate? That's a very great question. Yeah. Like, what sampling rate do you record this at, Josh? Uh, anyway <laughs> I whatever zoom tells me to do I just I just click the record button and that's what happens how do we usually end this thing <laughs> I'm just being difficult as I always have been oh you're never difficult it's a fun difficulty I don't, I don't know what to call it so we end with one of us talking blah 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 and then Josh cuts the music at some point I don't cut the music at some point the music just naturally oh yes cuts off the music point. magically cuts us off at some astrologically determined
it's astrologically determined this time i didn't do it yeah no it's all in the stars yeah. it's written in the stars there's a horoscope out there that explains this it's the procession of the equinoxes <laughs>